Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler. And today we're going off course a little bit to discuss an international film that is captivating in its use of storytelling, but also sheds light on a critical chapter in history, the 2020 war film, Quo Vadis Aida. As a film enthusiast, I can easily admit that my exposure to international cinema has been way too limited. It's been exciting to see that now, more than ever, audiences have seemed to embrace foreign films. Parasite, which won the Best Picture Oscar at the 2020 ceremony, certainly broke down a lot of barriers, but I think streaming has had a huge impact as well. It's been a lot easier to find acclaimed international films rather than hoping that your local library or as I was younger and starting to get into international films, hoping that my local blockbuster hopefully carried the title. I'm going to have to give a lot of credit to today's guest, Cameron Olbert, for pushing this film on me. I had heard of this movie because it was indeed nominated for Best International Film at the 2021 Oscars, although it didn't win. And I've had it in my Hulu queue for a long time, but it kept getting bumped down the list. Cameron was my guest for episode 25, covering the Best Picture winner, Gandhi. Uh, make sure to check that episode out. Uh, it was a great film. We had a great conversation. And shortly thereafter, he wanted to maybe uh, talk about more films that uh, covered true uh, international uh, history. And so in this conversation, he's bringing in a friend from uh, university that can also hopefully maybe share more light on this subject matter than uh, I can through my limited <laughs> research uh, about this war that's depicted. I've always seen this podcast as a celebration of all movies. And so I hope this episode inspires you to take a chance on a movie that you normally wouldn't pick out. Uh, yes, you have to read subtitles, but I guarantee you that if you give it a chance, you'll be extremely impacted by the story. Okay, let's jump into my conversation and hopefully I don't mispronounce too many names. <laughs> Kovadis Aida, also known as Where Are You Going, Aida, is a 2020 internationally co-produced war drama film written, produced, and directed by Yosmilia Zabanyash. The film dramatizes the events of the Srebrenica massacre, during which Serbian troops sent Bosniak men and boys to death in July 1995, led by Serbian convicted war criminal Rako Mlađić. Named for its protagonist, Kovadis Aida exposes the events through the eyes of a mother named Aida, a school teacher who works with the United Nations as a translator. After three and a half years under siege, the town of Srebrenica, close to the northeastern Serbian border, was declared a UN safety zone in 1993 and put under the protection of a Dutch battalion working for the UN. The film received critical acclaim, earning a nomination for Best International Feature Film at the 93rd Academy Awards, and it received two BAFTA Award nominations as well. And it won four European Film Awards, including Best Film. Uh, and also, Cameron, Emma, I don't know if you knew this, but this was also one of former President Barack Obama's 14 favorite films of the year 2021. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah I didn't know that. <laughs> I That man is so media involved these days he'll just drop I know. his favorite music his favorite movies good for him in his retirement yeah i know i know even 
like I I kind of struggle is too strong of a word, but struggle to like fit in the movies I want to see just in my life. I can't imagine <laughs> a president <laughs> slash former president even having time for such things, you know. But I'm indeed welcoming in uh, Cameron and uh, his friend Emma, who hasn't been on this podcast. Emma Hell, how are you, how are you two doing? We're doing good. Yeah, busy. <laughs> Excited to be on. Yeah, yeah, busy, dissertation work, jobs, work, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, if people haven't heard, uh, if they haven't listened to episode 25 that you were on, Cameron, uh, tell us a little bit about like where you're at, because this is a little unique, because uh, it took us some uh, figuring out how to schedule this call, because you indeed, both of you are in Scotland right now. <laughs> yeah, we're Yanks who go to the University of Edinburgh. So we're, we're fourth year, you know, seniors. Uh, so I'm, it's 3.36 where I am, and it's like 9.36 where, where Nathan is. Yeah. Yeah. So, no. yeah. Well, I got a, I got my uh, early morning run in this morning, so I'm more awake than I normally would be at 9.30. So I, I, I kind of pre prepped in that way. <laughs> so, Very nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, yeah, thank you so much. First of all, just like I, I think almost it was shortly after our conversation about Gandhi that you, I think you were telling me about this movie. And I, I was aware of this film because it was nominated that year. I'd actually seen two of the other nominees before, but just this was a movie that always was kind of hanging out in my Hulu queue, but just kept getting bumped down as other things got added. So uh, first off, I wanted to thank you because I, I thought this movie was pretty incredible. So how, how did you all uh, find this movie so so i found this movie because i am a nerd and i'm fascinated by the balkans in that region um so like half of my undergraduate dissertation deals with bosnia um and the war that is portrayed in this movie and i believe i just sort of shared it on a whim with emma because you had a class on this topic as well Yes, yeah, I've done a class on um, the Yugoslav wars and the atrocities that occurred there. And I am also kind of have an interest in kind of a similar area as Cameron. I'm writing my dissertation on the Rwandan genocide. So I have kind of an, an academic interest in, um, in atrocity studies. So I was very interested in this film. <laughs> Yeah, so, so you're academically interested in the I need to say academically, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so what's depicted in this movie? Um, well, before you kind of really dug into your studies for this, were you super aware of the events that occur in this movie? Not at all, really. Like, I feel like in the U.S., um, you know, in high school, we don't learn about the Yugoslav Wars at all, at least in high school, I didn't at all. Um, so it wasn't something I I knew about until I took this class on the Yugoslav Wars last last year. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's a complex subject that uh, it's a little hard to get, you know, say high schoolers to sit down and listen to all these different sides. Um, I was always aware that a thing called Srebrenica happened and that it's called a genocide, but I hadn't ever engage with any sort of media or, or anything relating to it yeah could you, um <laughs> i'm laughing i'm just i'm being transparent here i recorded my intro about this movie uh before you you all hopped in so could you pronounce that again because i know i mispronounced it uh srebrenica okay <laughs> 
<laughs> so, so listeners, I did my best. I tried to do my research of how to pronounce it. I just was not able to. But you're you're telling me you're not an expert in Serbo-Croatian? Yeah, I'm not. And so, but I don't want that to detract from people seeing this movie because it's very much. I'll, I'll say just for me, who has limited uh, knowledge about you know foreign affairs and that sort of thing, and I, I would say even things with you know the war that's happening in Gaza right now. I think there's a lot of international war that like even watching this movie, I know there's like a deep, this movie is not set out to explain why this war is happening, you know? And so, but you don't have to, I don't think you have to necessarily know that to get what's going, you know, what's going on here. And so it is something that like, you you know, it probably, um, it's it's faith-based in some way you know which seems to be like a lot of wars are <laughs> okay and stuff so um yeah to me i mean this movie completely works on just like just the atrocities of war and i know there's a lot of movies out there that depict war and get that point across but i don't think i had seen a quote-unquote war film and this is one but that solely focuses essentially on the citizens that are impacted by it w- would you all agree with that yeah i would i thought it was um i thought it was really interesting on how yeah like like you said it kind of it doesn't have a lot of um like exposition related to the war or what happened before the events of the film um so i thought it was a really interesting take on kind of revealing what happened and how it impacted people. Um, I thought it explored that really well. You kind of like the viewer too, like learns about each thing as the characters do. And you can kind of like, you feel the impact at the same time as them, which I thought was a really interesting way of um, of showing that event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I appreciate that it's not, you know, it's not a political thriller. It's not about, you don't mm-hmm. see the big wigs that are giving orders to the yeah. UN on the ground in Bosnia. And it's certainly not a movie about, you know, heroics in battle or whatever, like so many war movies, so many war movies are. Um, violence is very rarely even depicted. Yeah. Right. Um, and I, I really appreciate that it focuses almost entirely on Ida and her family. And right. watching all this happen to her that she can't really stop. Right, right. And no. Not that she can't stop, but man, <laughs> tries really hard to do so. I mean, like, <laughs> it's yeah. just, um, and I honestly, like, I had I, I had heard of this war before, but I, I didn't know of this, you know, massacre that's depicted at the end. So I didn't know that was coming. And the way that this film just builds up the, the dread that you... Yes that you you know something like something's gonna gonna happen something's gonna drop and she serves as such an amazing avatar to that but also as being the translator being able you know she just (laughs) attaining to her personal needs like saving herself and her family although you know she never gets too preoccupied with herself like she is one of the few that feels like can be safe but yeah just uh as we are just i mean they, it does a good job of i mean we are just exhausted like emotionally exhausted with her trying to balance every everything and everybody <laughs> you know yeah. So. yeah i really felt that throughout the film i really like the way that um yeah, like, like I was saying, you know, it reveals these things and it becomes clearer and clearer throughout the film that a, like a, a massacre, a genocide is going to happen and that there's nothing 
anyone can do about it, even um, even Aida, even the, the UN soldiers on the ground. And you kind of like as the viewer, you start to feel that dread and that kind of like um like like that getting like frantic almost about like surely there is something that can be done. Mm -hmm. Just as Aida also gets kind of frantic to save her save her family. The the first time I watched this movie, I had the image of a train driving towards me that I couldn't mm -hmm. get off the tracks for. And I just had to sort of watch as it picks up speed and I start to feel it in the ground. And suddenly I see it and it's coming and suddenly it's here. Yeah. Right. I think it's one of those things like, like you said, you don't have to know anything about the genocide to get what is happening in this film. I do think it's a little bit especially horrific when you do though, because you know it's the whole film, you know, you know it's coming and you know the the true impact of, of that genocide and like seeing it just like not being able to be stopped you like the whole film i'm just like it's a but it's like a movie most of the time in movies they they, they stop these things the heroes win and you're just kind of hoping but mm -hmm. it, yeah um i don't know if this is a question that uh you two are able to answer uh but why 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 kill just essentially the the men and the boys um uh and say you know save all the I know there's always been <laughs> that context of like, you know, women and children first or whatever like that. But uh, is there more of a thought behind that? Do, do, do you know why? Well, there's something of a pattern of, <clears throat> there's a, a saying that I heard and I believe it was one of my classes, uh, in war, women weep for men who die. There's sometimes a sense in a lot of these, a lot of conflicts that men are more legitimate targets for mm -hmm. killing. Mm -hmm. um, and especially there's occasionally the, the Serb soldiers will uh, say something to the effect of what have we been doing these last four years? We're all civilians. Um, so you've got to remember that these people are traumatized by four years of war. And if you see people as a potential threat, especially if you feel that you've been victimized by that group before, then in addition to being conditioned to see threats and see violence as a legitimate course of action, if you also have hatred and even personal enmity mixed in with that, it becomes easier, I think. Yeah, and I think like in, in the film, I remember the general said, he, he said this often, he was like, we are not gonna harm innocents. Mm -hmm. Like he kept saying that and I, you know, it, it makes it clear that, you know, who they viewed as innocents are, are um, you know not they they are the they would be the women and the children because they're not as involved in the war as the men who they they you know they believe they are all soldiers even if they're not and that they just they have you know remove them in order to survive and it's just this great hit this great like environment of fear between everyone in in that yeah. war yeah, and I think it's interesting. <clears throat> excuse me, interesting juxtaposition that, um, I mean, I, I I would assume she's probably uh, one of the few just females uh, as this translator, like in the UN, that has some kind of power, you know, versus like any other <laughs> female, you know. And so um, I, I'm sure, I'm sure even what she does, even what she's able to accomplish, I mean even though ultimately everything is taken from her, you know, she, <laughs> there were some steps she was able to kind of take, you know, kind of using uh, uh, it was her husband. Was it just her husband that was the surrogate to meeting the general in that group? Yeah. But 
Yeah, yeah. But just, you know, <laughs> she did get some things accomplished uh, with the limited power that she did. And it, it almost makes it more heartbreaking that like at the end, <laughs> you know, it's kind of almost all, all for naught pretty much. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, I was going to ask you something about, so um, what you've learned, like, do you, do you think from what you've learned about this war that um, this was a, f a fair depiction of, you know, cause I know with any film, there's a lot of narrative um, liberties that are taken, but uh, from your studies and stuff, do you feel like this was a pretty good, uh, accurate, accurate um, portrayal of what happened? I mean, I think, yeah, as far as we know, and it's always, it's always hard to tell too, because even in retelling war, there's all of these narrative liberties taken just in the same as movies um, and all these different, uh, you know, sides and opinions. But I mean, from what I've learned, it is pretty, pretty accurate as to, as to what happened regarding, I mean, pretty much everything, even the, the UN, um, but it, it was an interesting viewpoint of the UN usually you hear about it from you know the higher up levels mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah the you know when detailing something as complex and traumatic as the Bosnian war there's some things that you have to leave out so for example the film didn't necessarily touch terribly much on violence against women which was extremely prevalent in that war mm -hmm. um, but it's I think it does an interesting job psychologically of getting in the heads of some of uh some of these military leaders fighting this war, right? Like, I, there was an interesting touch there where General Mladic, the sort of head Serb soldier who's orchestrating this whole genocide, is handing out Toblerones to mm. the children he's about to kill. Um, and there is footage of that happening, uh, of mm. that exact thing happening. Um, so there's some little touches like that that I really appreciate. And all of this happens without taking the focus fundamentally off of Aida and what's going on and her family, which I really appreciate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah uh, I, I kind of wondered about that a little bit because it is very much attention of like uh, him having the camera that ge the general having the camera guy follow him and, you know, get this shot and do this and like, make sure, you know, <laughs> you get this. Uh, so very much aware of his, his ego, you know, but also I kind of wondered that like, oh, I, I, I bet you that they were able to probably pull some of this narrative from, I, I mean, I'm sure that footage exists like somewhere, you know, so um, uh, I'm sure because he doesn't seem like the guy who is just keeping the footage for uh, home video sake. <laughs> You know, like yeah. this, this was something he was going to uh, broadcast out for sure. So um, I don't know if you know. Uh, so I was doing a I couldn't find a whole lot of research uh, and interesting facts about this movie. But the actress who plays Aida, her uh, her husband is actually that uh, the general. Uh, did you know that? No. Yeah, I saw that on I, I, IMDb. I cheated a tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, uh, in this movie, they actually aren't in any in any scenes together, uh, but yeah. they do they do often work a lot together in other movies and theater. So I thought that was uh, really interesting. So uh, what did you think about? And so I I am gonna murder this, but I feel like I at least have to try to give her uh, credit to like. Uh, what I thought was an amazing <laughs> performance, but Yasna Drizic, <laughs> who plays Aida, I probably completely said that uh, wrong. But uh, were you, were you all uh, 
drawn to her character and did you see her as a, a relatable or compelling protagonist i mean yes i think that she is so we were em and i were talking a tiny bit before this i'm going to steal emma's point that she can then expand upon but she's so expressive with her face mm -hmm. uh that when she even when she's silent she you know what she's feeling and you feel it with her yeah i was just Talk, we're talking a little bit. I was just saying that I thought this movie used silence really, really well and powerfully. There's many moments throughout the movie in which it's everything is silent. Um, but her especially, there's a lot of moments where you're just kind of watching her face and you can yeah, you can see like everything kind of across her face, her like practically her thoughts. And I thought she just, yeah, she was really expressive and she showed what was going on just so so simply but tr like truly through her face mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i i liked i did like uh sometimes i can be a little harsh on films that have little flashback moments because they lean on those too much but i did like the little bit of flashback that we get here of basically the life before this war and you know the big kind of party scene that sort of thing but also kind of seeing like the life that was in her face at that time compared to what we've been experiencing like watching the movie <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah definitely i thought there was a really a really um important and cool contrast between what she usually is mm -hmm. looking like it adds to the tragedy of it as well mm -hmm. because oh, it's not yeah. it's not long ago that uh you know, she was at this pageant for the best hairstyle in East Bosnia. Yeah. And, you know, Bosnia, before the Civil War broke out, inter-religious marriages were very common. It was common for people to live next to each other, go to school with each other. And you see that, you, you almost have a callback to that flashback, where she meets a Serb soldier who was her high school student. Mm. Um, you And that, it only magnifies the tragedy of what has unfolded in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I I had uh, uh, I talked about a little bit earlier, but I kind of wanted to talk to you all a little bit more kind of uh, to expand on how this film explores like the impact of war on individuals and families. And I think that's what uh, really stood out to me about this movie is because I, I would say even the best the best war films uh generally like we're following uh following the soldiers uh cameron i think we might have talked didn't we talk a little bit about all quiet on the western front that came out not too long ago yeah we did we did yeah so you know that's very much where we're following the soldiers and in a movie like that there's always there's always a scene not e maybe even more where there is some interaction with like civilians and there's usually some depiction and they're very effective of like you know, either saving them or just like it helped to remind you that, you know, that basically the people that are really, really getting being affected by this war. And so but this movie, just the fact that <laughs> there's just so many people and that we just like sit with them. I, I to me, I was just like I was almost um, and there I'm sure there's another movie that's out there <laughs> that has kind of explored this before, but I really couldn't think of, I was hard pressed to think of another war film that just sat with the civilians as much as this movie does. And so uh, I, I just wanted to see how, what you all thought about that and how you thought that this movie conveyed the human side of this uh, horrible war. <laughs> yeah, I thought that that was kind of I, I thought it was really um it was a smart choice for this particular war because i think especially the bosnian war 
um, and all of the Yugoslav wars were, they were like human, you know, human wars. They weren't as much um, kind of, sol they were soldiers against soldiers, but they impacted so many people that I think a movie focusing on the soldiers just wouldn't, it wouldn't show the realities of the war as much. Focusing on these civilians, because it was like, like Cameron was saying, everyone lived together. They were all, you know, that was intermarriage. People were living the same villages in the same cities. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're all at war with each other. It's people who know each other and like are fighting, you know? And so I thought that it showed the realities of that war really, really well to like sit with the people, the people who are like, who are affected most by it. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah, there's a there's another movie that I know of that my now ex flatmate uh, told me about called Tangerines, which is a very okay. similar sort of movie in that it follows fundamentally follows civilians or really a civilian in a war. Um, and I've known people who have been personally affected by wars at this university. And the thing that they've all said because they were all you know growing up in a in a conflict zone, the thing that they harp on about over and over again is that what we remembered fundamentally is waiting is mm. waiting to be over and this movie drives home the um the lack of certainty certainly a lack of agency over these sorts of things that are happening around these people and it's one of only a few movies that that does that and i think it does, this is a like a plus example of it of it yeah um i mean uh it's it's almost maybe i think actually watching this movie uh it, it's cliched when like somebody's like at work and you talk about like a bureaucratic system of like so many like checks and balances and like how long it takes something to get done or <laughs> yeah send this one email and <laughs> this movie i mean completely depicts you know especially through you know the un and you know uh when they're trying to get things done and so and so is on vacation and just <laughs> what you just mentioned camera the the waiting aspect of it i mean it's just uh yeah it, it, you know it forces you to sit with the other civilians here both inside inside the fences and outside the fences and that just like just yeah like you said waiting it's just you you, you just you just feel it but the movie itself really uh, I, I think really moves too like i mean we, we're in a lot of places so i think uh i think the filmmaker did a really good job of kind of balancing that of like making you feel that but also like knowing that this is a movie and you know setting up different scenes so we're not we're not at a location like for too long you know mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. You kind of get that sense of waiting within the compound, but then as things occur, it's not, it's not like, yeah, well, the, the the people in the movie and the audience, it's not like we're just sitting here kind of doing nothing. It's there's stuff occurring and we're learning about it, and it's getting more and more intense, and the waiting becomes more and more intense. That happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, like the the camera is following Ida walking around, or in many cases, running around the compound there's less hard cuts. Mm -hmm. And so it feels less like you're watching a collection of scenes and more like you're in an actual physical location. Yeah. Yeah. You're very, uh, you're very aware of the, the space, like the spacing of everything. And they do a really good job of that. And even to the point of like where the UN generals are kind of huddled their, you know, their little home base uh, just 
because we go with her, we kind of realize really like how separated they are from all the civilians <laughs> that are in the the building with them, you know, and even, even though I would say, you know, they're there to, you know, protect them and support them, how, how far removed they keep themselves from all of them, <laughs> you know, like they, they, they definitely, they're definitely not interacting with everybody very often unless they really have to. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, are there any, uh, are there any scenes that like particularly like s stand out to you in this movie? Um, I thought one that I we were discussing earlier, that flashback scene, I thought um, stood out to me quite a bit because it's like not only a good juxtaposition for, you know, what's occurring in the war and, um, you know, versus the or versus life before the war and during. But there's also this moment when they're all um, dancing around the room and it shows like each face of each person one at a time. And they've all got these looks on their faces that are really almost kind of um, I wouldn't say like sinister, but they're not, they're not welcoming. And it kind of, it really, um, I thought that was really interesting because it was like a, like um, foreshadowing for, you know, what happens later on in the war. It's all these people that she knows that will later become enemies or be killed. Um, particularly you saw the mayor go by, the mayor who was killed right at the beginning of the movie. And he mm -hmm. had this look on his face um, that kind yeah. of, I imagine is, you know, in Ayata's mind, um, like maybe, Almost, I don't know. Like he, he's he's upset. He knows what's going to happen to him in this in her flashback. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really, really uh, striking. I remember seeing that as well and recognizing that as the mayor who would die. Mm -hmm. um, something that has stuck with me is when uh, Mladic is uh, is negotiating, quote unquote, with Aida's husband and Colonel Karamans, and then you cut to his sort of henchman trying to get into the compound and then when he gets mm -hmm. into the compound his interactions with people in there it struck me as being profoundly creepy mm -hmm. yeah the way that he sort of knows how much power he has over these people he knows how much fear he can inflict upon them it's almost like he's relishing in it i think that says a lot about the mindset of of those who in war and in conflict don't see the other side as fundamentally human mm -hmm. see the other side as less than human or something to toy with and you sort of relish in the power and it becomes addicting i'm sure so the i think that scene was very well done because yeah. of how unsettled it made me feel oh yeah oh yeah completely and and then how you know oh we will provide you bread and water you surely you're hungry and thirsty and yes we will give this to you yeah just it's a complete power thing but you know also also that like you know even what you hear with like abusive relationships of like you know striking somebody but then like being there to comfort them it's just like completely manipulative mm -hmm. <laughs> completely so yeah do you think this has the potential to educate like other people about the bosnian war and its consequences i would say it's definitely a good starting place i think it is it's um it's a great tool to like learn about like the human aspect of it the um the, the people who are affected but kind of like we were saying before, you know, it doesn't explain as much about the war or the the genocide on a broader scale. But I would say, like, if you watch this movie and you really think it's interesting, you know, you learning more about this, um, about the war and everything is totally, I mean, you can Wikipedia it or whatever, but I do think it's 
I think it provides an aspect you wouldn't normally um, read about for sure. Mm -hmm. I think it's very much on that same point. I think it's very useful, a very useful tool for someone who wants to understand the emotional side of the Bosnian war that you don't necessarily get if you're on the Wikipedia page of it. Yeah. Uh, I think that perhaps even more so than discussing the Bosnian war specifically, it's a very useful tool if you want to understand a different side of war in general and of conflict in general and that sort of thing. Um, I mean, I think this movie isn't necessarily for everyone given how somber its contents are, you know, especially when it came out in 2020, people weren't necessarily tripping over themselves to watch movies about people dying. But I think it's an important movie. Right. Yeah. I think, I think like, even if um, you're someone who doesn't know anything about the Yugoslav Wars, watching it is, I think it's, an, it, it's a hard watch, but it's an important watch, like Cameron said, because, and even learning more about these wars, because like I was saying earlier, I think in the U.S. a lot of times we don't learn about this war at all. And the only way to avoid things happening again is is to learn about them and to learn how they happened. And so I think it is it's really important to to learn about for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I and uh, I mean I, I'm pretty sure I was I was trying to look like I think I think the film is rated R, but I would say it's almost like. <laughs> Um, it's weird to say like a ideal, uh, ideal film, uh, about genocide, but it's definitely, uh, maybe, maybe there's some like language in there, but like you had mentioned Cameron, I thought, you know, a lot of the violence that's depicted is off screen and I don't think it makes it any less in, impactful at all about what takes place. And so I thought that was a very, uh, re respected way that they handled that a respectful way that they handled that um and so i i do think it's almost a more accessible film because um i mean there's it it almost feels worse in its rating because of how much dread <laughs> that exists the whole time you're not giving much uh you're not giving much relief i think maybe that's also why that flashback scene is in there to also kind of give us a moment <laughs> a little bit to collect ourselves. Um, and so, but I mean, I, I think this is like an ideal movie to, to educate, uh, even if it's not about this war specifically, I, I think about the tragedies of war and how it spills out, but it's also, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not a movie full, full of bloodshed. And so I, I, I think it's, and also just an uh, interesting take on just how uh, negotiations work or not work <laughs> and that power play. I think that dynamic, I mean, I, I think you, that surely that part of it kind of interests you, right, Cameron, about this movie? <laughs> sure. I mean, you know, one thing I, I think on that point is you don't need to see the violence. Mm -hmm. And what this movie, this movie's message, you don't need to see the gore. You don't need to see these men and boys being shot to understand what those losses mean for Aida and for thousands and thousands of women and mother of women and children who are going on in the aftermath of this. But yes, to your point about <laughs> negotiations and that sort of thing, it's when you know the background of the UN peacekeeping force in Bosnia and the extent to which it was allowed to use force, um, it, it drives that home a little bit further the very briefly the forces in bosnia were told that 
they needed to prioritize the overall force in Bosnia was called the UN Protection Force. And yet when they were they were ordered that when it came down to the threatening the lives of peacekeepers, they should keep the peacekeepers alive rather than use force to protect the safe zones that they were there to attempt to protect. Yeah. So and when you are someone as evil as Mladic and you know that when push comes to shove, the other side's going to break. It's almost like why even have a negotiation except to toy with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, is what would, what do you think that you, is there a particular message or emotion that you think will uh, particularly resonate with viewers? Like after, <laughs> after this movie uh, or another way of putting is like, what, what really, it sticks with you like after this movie is over i think i i showed this to a friend of mine and the thing that she said first was that like i was like yeah i cried the first time i watched i watched this movie and she was like i don't think i can because i'm too shocked mm -hmm. so i think that shock is probably a an emotion that a lot of people would feel having first seen this movie and then i would hope reflection about the value of human life and also, the question of how does how does a society go on after some kind of insane trauma like this? Mm -hmm. how do you what it, what does it mean to to go on? I mean, the the movie's title translated to English is "Where Are You Going, Ida?" Mm -hmm. And I would hope that it would spark some reflection about how wh wherever you happen to live, you reckon with your own history and build a future, knowing that awful things might have happened wherever you live and in whatever mm -hmm. society you call home. Yeah, I think God, after watching it, I just felt a lot of like like sadness for the for the women and children of uh Trebinicha, um and you know what they've had to live with since. And I think it is it I especially as an international relations major, it just really like made me reflect about the about what um how we how we handle situations like that and i i think that's especially relevant nowadays with all the conflicts going on about um like how we handle situations that could easily devolve into into genocide and how like the un <laughs> did not do it right and we need to learn from that and yeah i think it's just something to kind of like think about like what we're demanding from our governments and from the un yeah uh, no, for sure. Is, is there uh, is there any other closing thoughts you had about this movie? I, I think we uh, covered it pretty well, and I mean, definitely, I, I definitely think people should see this. And I, I would also say, for a war film, um, it wasn't particularly like a super long movie. <laughs> and I know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a lot of war films are usually kind of they seem to be on that three hour cusp. And th this one, I thought, was very. Uh, very a very tight movie and so it's definitely one i recommend do you all have any final thoughts about the movie um i would just say it's it's a really incredible film and i think every, everyone should go watch it if you've got if you've got you know the mental emotional capacity for it because it is something that you know not like like we were saying earlier maybe not everyone can it would have the capacity to watch it but if you do watch it because it's really really good and it has some important messages um I think that this movie should provoke us to ask what 
what obligations we have towards our fellow people. So when we think about conflicts that are happening today, uh, not necessarily uh, the message of this movie, I don't think should be, we should use military force to stop bad guys whenever and wherever they are, because life is complex, reality is complex. But I think that it should provoke us to ask, what is the value of a human life? And how far am I willing to push my government mm -hmm. to recognize that both at home and abroad? Uh, so that's something that I would hope people can take from this too, because our governments are what comprise the UN. And if our governments had acted differently or thought differently in 1995 or before 1995, there's a chance this could have been prevented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's like I, I was saying, you know, I think it's, you just, people gotta, watching this movie really does, it made me think about that. And I hope it makes other people think about that. Just about like, if, if you, if you push your governments to do the right thing um, and everyone, everyone disagrees on what the right thing is, but hopefully <laughs> if everyone's pushing their governments towards what is right, then, then things like this will happen. Do the right thing. Controversial statements from MAL. I know, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if anybody, if anybody's on the fence with this movie, uh, I, I watched this one by myself and thought I was talking to Whitney, uh, later about it. And, um, we always talk about the Metacritic score and I looked it up and this movie has a 97 meta score, which is like, that's like Godfather territory. <laughs> like even some of the best movies uh, don't have a rating that high. So it's definitely was a uh, critically uh, lauded film. And so uh, people, uh, yeah, I, I really encourage people to check it out. And it's, it's on Hulu as well as some other great uh, international film. So it's super easy to find. Um, are, are there any, um, in your area of studies, is there any other uh, movies that you kind of would recommend that fall in this vein or this type of movie that do you, you think people should check out or even you want to challenge me <laughs> to check out? God, I don't know a lot. This is a really, this would be a really basic um suggestion but hotel rwanda always <laughs> yeah you know i haven't seen that since it came out and so it's probably definitely worth a rewatch yeah it definitely is and that's that is another movie that really focuses on the human impact of war um which is it's really also really important it's a similar kind of yeah focus on the human impact of war but obviously from rwanda um so that's if you're if people like this movie that one is also very good <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. I think that I think that film's become a little forgotten uh, somehow. Like it was a big deal, like when it came out. But I think if you even ask people, like, "Hey, uh, what's Don Cheadle known for?" they would like go to like you know, Iron Man or something like yeah. that. They wouldn't go to that movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's one of those movies you like. You mention it, you're like, "Oh, Hotel Rwanda." And people are like, "Yeah." Like they know it, but they don't. They haven't yeah. seen it in years, or they haven't seen it, or yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what about you, Cameron? Did you have one? I uh, I will re I will re up tangerines in people's minds because okay. it's very it's very it's also a, a foreign film because apparently I'm into those now. Um, <laughs> and it's very much it was very relatable for my ex flatmate when she lived through a war um, because it's fundamentally about waiting for all of this to end, mm. and then there's the question of how are we going to go. Go, go, you know, rebuild our lives afterwards. So I can, I would can suggest tangerines as well. 
what uh what what is that in relation to what war uh the uh 1993 uh 1992-1993 wars in uh northern georgia mm. uh, georgia the country yeah. i should specify <laughs> okay um i was trying to look um so tangerines it looks like here well here in the u.s it looks like you can get it through a freebie which with ads but that's i think that's through uh prime video so you can watch it that way also through canopy which is a like library uh service here so don't get confused with there's a movie called tangerine that i've actually seen it's it's a very different movie it's about uh uh, essentially drag queens in California. <laughs> so two different uh, <laughs> films there. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to look up real quick Hotel Rwanda to see if it's streaming on anything. Uh, uh, doesn't seem like FUBU, but uh, I'm not super familiar with that service, but you can easily rent that movie as well. So, well, um, well, I, I really appreciate uh, you two taking the time uh, to talk about this movie. Uh, uh, I definitely enjoyed your insight and maybe uh, even feel like I understand this movie even even more. <laughs> yeah, it was great to come on and talk about it. I really enjoyed watching the movie and talking about it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you having us on and to discuss a movie that is uh, not for the faint of heart and a little bit of a contrast to the, the rom-com that we discussed last time. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, but, um, oh, see, I forgot. This is crazy. Like, I haven't even been doing this podcast that long and I'm already forgetting that. <laughs> We talked about to about uh, to all the boys that I've loved before. <laughs> so yeah. at the end of that, I was like, "You owe me a depressing movie," and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, uh, yeah. I'm 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 glad I'm glad you mentioned that. I, I guess that shows the impact of that movie that I already forgot that we <laughs> talked about that movie. <laughs> so you might you you might see that as blasphemy, but you know, uh, but. But well, you can find that episode as well as the episode where we discuss Gandhi uh, at my website, moviesyourlife.com, for all our episodes, reviews, and more. Also, any kind of uh, the streaming service that you use to listen to these episodes, all our episodes are up there. So uh, there's no like paywall for any of those. So you can access those at any time. Uh, so, um, and as always, tell 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 all your friends in uh scotland about uh, about this podcast uh well uh well good luck on the rest of your uh, semesters and uh, uh i'm looking forward to the next film that you throw my way cameron very nice i'll, I'll start having a think i'll start having a think <laughs> all right well have a great one thank Thanks. you you too